Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, all right. Welcome back to another episode of The Untamed Life. It's Christine Jewell, and today I am joined by my friend, Benjamin Owen. He is the founder and leader of the movement, The Awakened Man, and uh, Ben transforms the lives of his professionals through personal business and mindset coaching. He's all about the internal game, the shift, really supporting men um, in a community of coming together and growing. So I'm excited to have you in to be diving into this conversation. Ben, welcome. Thank you for the lovely introduction and absolute pleasure to be joining you on this interview and conversation, Christine. Awesome. So good. So good. Well, let's jump in. Before I, of course, I'm going to ask you your story. Uh, and we have a very similar backstory we found out when we connected. And by the way, I just want to say that this connection was forged through another mutual connection who brought us together. And that just shows the power of relationships. And that's how we, we love to roll. But before I ask you to share your story, I actually want you to define for us what, in your words, what is the awakened man? What is an awakened man? Oh, wow. And an awakened man is a, it's not a destination. It's a journey, right? It's a, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a North star for guys who are looking to awaken and achieve the, the life that they know they're capable of and leave no parts of them unawakened. <laughs> you know, so, so many um, men that I've worked with and, and had the experience of coaching leave parts of their lives dormant. Yeah. They may have a, a really flourishing business, yet a really underperforming home life. They may have a relationship that seems full of love, but it's void of sex and, and intimacy. Mm -hmm. uh, they may have made so many trade-offs in their life and left parts of their, the joy or the pleasure that they gain from their life just, you know, uh, un, unseen to. And I was that guy, you know, I was that guy. I was that guy in my twenties and I, I believed that everything had such a big trade-off. And actually earlier this year, I did a, a speaking session for a group of men and, and the title was Unawakened, how I was the unawakened man. Yeah. And part of this process, part of creating this program and part of doing this work is my own, my own desire to improve myself. And I, I take a shoulder to shoulder leadership role. Uh, I'm in the trenches with the men I work with on a daily basis. So yes, yeah. so an, an awakened man is a, is a man who's made a decision to step up in every area of his life. Yes, I love that. I call that the king, but regardless of what you're getting is we're not asleep anymore. We're not in the drift. We're not mindlessly pretending and avoiding and sedating and doing all those things that, that we do, right? And some of us know we're asleep <laughs> and we like sleeping. <laughs> and I think a lot of us, you know, 
know, don't know. Maybe they're not ready so uh, to do the work until something hits them in the face, right? <laughs> and wakes them up. It's like, boom, bucket of ice water. So before we jump in, you know, what, what I loved about chatting with Benjamin, who, by the way, is in Dubai. So kudos to you, because I don't even know what time it is right now over there when we're doing this. No, we're good. We're still, we're still not bad time yet, so we're good. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, but man, that's awesome. And um, so he's in Dubai. The accent is from the UK. <laughs> so it's just cool already to listen to you. But um, yeah, let's dive into your story a little bit. You talked a little bit about your backstory in your 20s. God bless you for waking up so early and not waiting till you were like 60. But yeah. <laughs> take us through Take us through that place a little bit, like paint that picture. Where were you before? What was the ice cold bucket in the face? <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, kind of walk us through that. I was, I was very, um, I'm very fortunate. I had a really, really fantastic um, young life and a very loving family full of all sorts of problems mm -hmm. and issues in my family, normal, mm -hmm. normal issues that most people have. Um, but I had loads of love growing up. And in my 20s, I... I finished my athletics career and I became a full-time personal coach and I opened a business and it, it did really well, really quickly. You know, so I actually had super, you know, always been very successful very quickly. Even my yeah. athletics career, yeah. I was an elite athlete, took to things very quickly, got things really quickly. Same in my twenties, took to business. It got, it went, I launched the business and it was almost like an overnight success, put loads okay. of work in, but I was a workaholic. Yeah. And I, I love working. I had a business, I had a bootcamp business in my early 20s, which I could do one hour a day. And I was getting paid, you know, a couple of, it's like five grand a month. And like 23, that's, that's loads of money. That's loads of money when you're 23. <laughs> for, for, uh, for an hour a day. And I used to reno, you know, yeah. but I'd fill it with work. And, yeah. um, and I just had this really, really up and down relationship with business where I would do really well, then I'd cool off, do really well and cool off. And, what I did not notice at the time was a lot of self-sabotage going on. Mm -hmm. You know, I would have lots of opportunities I would say no to that were going to mm. massively grow me. Equally, I would miss things that would really help my clients. And I got to the end of my, my, my 20s and I, I started to grow up a little bit. But I equally got married. I, you know, I met a girl, we got married. And I worked my ass off to have the honeymoon and the, the house and the, yeah. the wedding of our dreams. You know, I had a five week honeymoon, didn't even pick up a laptop for the whole five weeks and all these things that I, I really focused on for years and years and years. And then we got a year in and she turned around to me and said, I hate you. You know, I, I literally, I, I hate you. And I was wow. like, Oh my gosh. Wow. That was the yeah. nice cold bucket of water in the face. Right. And I was like, Oh, hang on a second. Like, how can, how can you hate me? I'm such a nice guy. I'm such a, I'm such a nice guy. I, I you know, I work my, my ass off to provide us with a great life. I, you know, I'm, do, I'm doing everything I can to make this relationship great. She said, like, you, you do my head in. And, and it was, there was loads of things that were wrong with the relationship. Yeah. And, and, um, I struggled. I, you know, I'd, I'd never had a knockback like that. Went through huge amounts of personal humiliation because I'd painted this picture of our life being great on social media, had yes. a good relationship, and all that sort of stuff. And it took me, it took me a couple of years to get, because I, you know, I was a good co coaching business at the time. I had a flourishing fitness business at the time that was going through some struggles as well. But it almost felt like as it all converged on my 30th birthday. And we'd, 
we we'd f- just broken up and we were meant to be going on holiday to Vegas to uh to like a couple's holiday over in Vegas and, and my partner and I just broken up and just, I went on my own and just had some solitude out in Vegas you know it was the first time in maybe a couple of years I'd had solitude, solitude in Vegas yeah yeah I was just walking around in Vegas with a set of headphones on just mm. um on my own and I, I realized that I had a lot of work to do but I started looking for counselors, therapists, men's groups, all sorts of things. I was like, I didn't feel broken. This is the thing that yeah. was, I felt. I didn't feel like psychopathological. I didn't feel like I was depressed. Yeah. I just felt like I am so fucking angry. You know, yeah. I swear. Angry. Yeah. Angry. Uh, <laughs> I was so angry. Yeah. That, that was, I, I was riddled with anger. And I just felt like there was so much rage inside me. And I hadn't dealt with it. You know, I just p- yeah. pushed it all down and I felt like every single conversation in normal conversation in my work was going to end up me blowing up. And I knew I had to sort that. And yeah. what that led to was a load of, you know, personal yeah. development, work, yeah. therapy, and it's just changed my life. And I, I'm, well, as I went through that, I just wanted to share that with more men. And I knew I wasn't yeah. alone. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's so much gold in there. And so powerful. And I love what you said about, I didn't think that I was having a crisis or a, you know, depressed. I wasn't moping around. And I see that a lot also, you know, I could certainly relate to that too. It's just like that rage, that that stuff that's like, if I don't fix this, this volcano is going to erupt and just burn something else down. And, you know, I can relate to that story as a woman, not even a man, you know, but he, being in that very much like that, that archetype of the warrior. But uh, I feel that and I hear that. And I actually just heard that exact thing from one of the men that I was coaching recently is just like, I didn't even realize I was this angry until she told me, right? And uh, it's so, so interesting, but good on you for A, like doing the work so before you jumped into the next relationship. I think that's so crazy. Like so many men, especially just jump right into the next thing right like just the next relationship i can't be alone and and they just carry that into the next place with them so um, i kind of actually actually sharing that i i did jump straight into the next relationship yeah and and i we i had very little time and what happened was i met the girl of my my dreams like poppy was the you know she was my soulmate and i knew that to the core but she kept on pushing for marriage and i and (laughs) I was like in this stage of like, fuck, I, that's not a good thing for me. My subconscious, like, don't do this. And so Mm -hmm. I tried the usual tactics of pulling the ejector cord, you know, doing stupid stuff, speaking to other women, like things that would Mm. just end. You were starting the self-sabotage loop. (laughs) I was exactly Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and then, um, it, we actually, we finished and I realized that I'd made a massive mistake and, and then, I realized that's where the real work had to start, not just thinking about it, talking about it, but actually practicing, um, doing the work. Yeah. And so thank God, Poppy, you know, she took me back and it was, I want to create a great relationship with this woman and a family. And that has forced me to do the hard stuff really, really quickly. And it's what's led to me being able to hold you know, mile deep space with guys doing totally. the same thing. Yeah. I love that you shared that story. And actually my husband w- jumped into a relationship with me relatively quickly after he got divorced too. But I think the difference there is at least getting to that place where you are with, like, you know, you have to do the work. 
in order to not only attract, because you got, you got the woman, right? Getting stuff, like you said about the 20s or the 30s, like getting stuff is easy. You know, a lot of a lot of you guys, like you know how to make money, you know how to get women, you know how to get things that you want, but holding on to them, and we were having this conversation on your show too, holding on to it requires character, you know, a different type of character, a different type of inner work. So, you know, I, I also want to say it's not somebody... I hear that a lot. Sometimes people say, is it true that for every year you were married, you need to have like one month away? And so if I was, you know, married for 10 years, does that mean I need to be alone for a year? And I'm like, you know, I'm not, I don't buy into that, but I think you need to be, the work works as much as you want it to and as, as deep as you're willing to go, right? It's like, it could take you 80 years to figure this shit out, or it can take you, you know, a few months, a year of really going in. And we're always in the work. We're still figuring it out. But the commitment to to doing the work while also being in relationship, because I think that's a great, that's where we practice, right? That's where we practice how to listen to each other and have the hard conversations and deal with our triggers. Like it's, I do believe that it's important for us to have that solitude, to be able to be with ourselves a little bit and not need somebody to pacify us all the time. But how we heal is in relationship. Yeah, I, I think that has been the single biggest tool to help me. Yeah. Because it, well, we had like, you know, I, I really wanted a family. I was really, yeah. I'm a passionate dad. I love my kids. Uh, we, I've got two kids now. And and Poppy, my partner, wanted kids. And I was like, this, that, the thing that I wanted more than anything, I wanted that when I was like really, really, really early. <laughs> I, I wanted that really early on in my life. And what that meant is that I had to, what I call, kill the boy by like behaviors and become a man. And I knew that if I was going to be a great dad, I had to get rid of some of the, the patterns and habits and ways I showed up as a boy in order to be a much better father. And that was something that was really, really important to me. Let's talk about that. I want to talk about the boy because I think, you know, we, we hear this so much of like, why don't you just grow up and all this stuff. And I think there's a lot of men that, re I mean, I don't think I know and I know that you know, this is, this is a tough conversation. It takes a man coming to a certain place in time where he's actually willing to look at himself and have this conversation. And, and by the way, we're talking to men today, but so ladies, this is not, I want to say this because I get a lot of women listening to this podcast too. This is not so that you can go home and throw this into your guy's face and be like, see, listen, this is so that you can hold a heart of compassion <laughs> as your man is going through this stuff. And you might have a guy that's, you know, a man in your life, a husband that is not showing up yet as a man. And maybe you see more of the little boy right now. And I really encourage you to open your eyes and your ears to actually hear also not only what the behavior is, but maybe like what's behind it and where they're at so that you can invite him to rise, you know, as a man. But let's, let's speak, you know, to the guys also, like, what are some of those obviously childish behaviors or the little boy, like how does he show up in relationships? How does he play? How does he act? How does he react? Right? Like, let's just, cause we always got to like so diagnose ourselves a little bit. Sometimes we know, but sometimes we don't realize like, oh my gosh, I am a child right now. And that's okay. If, as long as I know I am, you know? Um, yeah. so yeah, let's unpack that. Oh, okay. Um, the first one was like, uh, my listening skills. It was really, I would listen to talk about myself. 
Uh, mm. I was the, the center of my own, you know, the, the narcissistic child. I was the, <laughs> the center of my own universe. Like I, yes. I would quickly the, re, re, revert the, the conversation back to me. I would take the object of the conversation and not pass it back. So Poppy mm. would come in and say, how's your day? And I would talk about myself and then I wouldn't ask, how was mm -hmm. your day? You know, mm -hmm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't validate her. And I found out that I came from a, a family of invalidators and, you know, people that would make the, who would, yeah, invalidate the people they were talking to. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so much work. Yeah. So that was a big one for me. Like I wasn't the center, you know, center of attention all the time. Um, it wasn't a big issue, but it was an issue. It was a subtle mm -hmm. thing. I was like, oh my gosh, equally in uh, regard to my sex life. And mm -hmm. I think what happens when a, uh, a boy doesn't get what he wants in, in his sex life, he will revert to something like pornography. And it's like, well, mm -hmm. actually, do you know what? If we're not having sex, I'll just go and watch porn. I will yeah. get my fix there. And I realized that there were problems and challenges in, in my relationship that weren't going to be solved by avoidance. I had to mm -hmm. confront things. And that was something that I hadn't had to do in the past. Never had to do that in the past at all. And then what that meant is that it was, it was a side-by-side a -side approach to a lot of our problems and challenges instead of me trying to fix everything. So I, I stepped out of being a fixer and more of a team player. So like, you know, yes. to like, you know codependence versus interdependence. Uh, mm -hmm. So getting on the same team as, as my partner. Uh, mm -hmm. And that was a big one. And the, the final one was creating my life like a, an owner, not a victim. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and that's something that I think I did a, a lot of in my, in my early 20s and my late 20s. I, I could go on the, the best self-development course or do a, a workshop or a training or even a seminar. And I'd convince myself about how I, it wouldn't apply to me or how mm -hmm. I already knew it. Mm -hmm. And... And that, that really inhibited a lot of the growth I could potentially have. And so I just started looking at all these things and, and started to implement massive changes with the help of a group of men. And that mm -hmm. was the biggest thing is that I hadn't been around a group of men before and had great behaviors modeled to me because I grew up with a, a dad that wasn't in the house. And my mum, my mum's narrative about my dad was so terrible I'd mm. see my dad through such a poor light all the time. Yes. Really? What was the narrative? I'm so curious. Um, it was just that my mum my was quite venomous about my dad all the way through my teens and 20s. Mm. So every time I would exhibit a behavior that looked like my dad or reminded mm. my mum of my dad, she would scold me with that, you're just mm. like your father. Mm. So that would be me putting myself first, being selfish. Oh, you're selfish, right. just like your father. Right. Me going on holiday multiple times a year because it's what I love. Oh, you're just like your father. You can't, you know, why do you have to go on so many holidays? And so anytime I was like my dad, there was this like, well, if I was like my dad, I wouldn't get the love from my mum. And I remember that when I was um, parenting, you know, I was parenting my, my, my first child and, and my mum kept on saying how like my, my dad didn't do this. My dad never did that when we were growing up. And I said, I just stopped the one day and I said, can we just stop with the rubbish in my father? It's not helping yes. me. It's not good for my, yes. and, and part of me 
becoming a mom was building a, a really healthy relationship with my amazing dad. Mm-hmm. And and that was huge. You know, it was cutting ties with some of the stories that I inherited from my mum that weren't helpful for my relationship with my dad. And I'm lucky my dad's still alive and he's a great guy. He's got his flaws like every other man out there. But building a solid relationship with my father, it changed my life. It was it was yes. huge and transformational. Yes. I'm so glad that you brought that up and I'm so glad that that came up because I think that's, you know, what I've seen too is that was like, that was huge for me was healing the relationship with both of my parents. And I mean, also your relationship with your mom, the dynamic changed, right? Because you actually showed up as a man (laughs) to her and we're able to say, okay, enough already. We're not doing that anymore. And being able to, you know, it's not even confrontation, but just address it. Like just address it and heal it and change how it gets to be moving forward. And I just see that so much where people want to do this work on their marriage or on their relationship or on their money mindset or whatever it is, especially in their relationship. I'm like, I always ask, what kind of relationship do you have with your mom? (laughs) Talk to me about your relationship with your dad, because like usually how we the relationship we have with our mom is really our how we view women subconsciously a lot and the dynamic we've got going on and how we view our father is, you know, either the rejection of ourselves or we are playing it out again. We're playing the story and it's like the baton is passed. And I think it's so important that you brought that up because this is not, so, I don't think this is something, I know this is not something you can bypass, you know, eventually it's going to come up because it's staring at you in the face. It's like a big mirror, like, hello, this is, you know, the operating system. And, uh, so yeah, I think that that's such a bold, uh, and necessary part of the work, bold, bold meaning the courage to go and to change the dynamic of those relationships and be willing to look at our parents differently. You speak a lot about kings, and we did a session on King Warrior, Magician Lover, the Rod, Bo- yeah. Rod Boothroyd, or yes. um, the Douglas Gillette model. And it was the king. I remember doing a session with guys. I was teaching them about the king is the archetype that mends relationships. And then mm-hmm. there was a like a how to how to embody the king, and it was like I I make peace with my parents, and I was like yes. I saw it, and it, it's like. It was like a, uh, an arrow through mm-hmm. my heart. And I was just, I remember saying to myself, there's a conversation I need to ask about yes. my, with my dad. And I was, and it was funny. It was like, it was how did my mum and dad split up? I never had that conversation. It never right? been spoken about. I didn't know what it was. I thought my dad just walked out. That's how I believed it as a child. Mm. And I found out the, the truth. And I was like, holy, and it's almost like I felt the world just change in front of me. I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. And he's like, did you not know about that? And I was like, no. And he goes like, how did you not work that out? And I was like, I just thought you walked out. And he's like, no. And yeah, yeah, and I, I, so I just went on this really curious streak of asking questions about what went on, what was he like with us when we were kids and finding out his truth. And it didn't really matter. What mattered about my was my story about what mattered. And I, I you know, yeah. I had a really good psychotherapist at the time. And it really helped me make peace with my parents. And that, you know, a big part of a, a boy becoming a man is is doing that. I, I genuinely believe that. 100%. So, yeah. 100%. It's huge. 
And The King Archetype, that's a great book. You know, if you guys are, we'll put the link to that book below, The King, The Warrior, The Magician. And what was the other one? Sorry. The King, Lover. Warrior, Magician. The Lover. Yeah, of course. Duh. How could I forget that? That's like the whole work that I do. Um, but the, 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 the thing is that that thing about making peace with your father is huge because now you have nothing to prove to dad anymore. You're not trying to go and get his approval or you don't have to war with him as the neighboring king. You can just be a king, you know, alongside him and a son and, and really do that healing. And and obviously for those listening here, we do a lot of faith-based work too. I really believe that there's that greater relationship with our spiritual father too. Like for me, that's, that was a huge part of my work is getting it right all the way, like, right? And knowing like, this is like what ultimate unconditional love looks like. And sometimes we put the these people, especially our parents on these pedestals that like they're human. Hello. Like they're going to mess up. If you have a parent and you have your child and you were born into human form, which anybody listening is your parents are going to leave you wounded in some shape or form. So there's nothing wrong with you. You're not like broken to pieces, but the wounds are ours to do the healing with, right? And there are wounds. So we got to do the healing. We got to go back and forgive and accept and love on these people that were doing the best that they could. And I know for myself, a huge piece of that has been really deepening my, my spiritual relationship too with like my spiritual father so that like, that's like ultimate king energy to me. Because once I'm like, I know what that feels like. So I know what a king looks like because I know that presence in my life, you know, and that has, that was huge, 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 huge for me to be able to extend some grace to my own father. And honestly, the men in my life too, that I felt were abusive or aggressive or didn't have their shit together, or all the, didn't show up for me the way that I wanted is really recognizing that, you know, sometimes we put all this, especially women, I'm speaking to the women here, but also the men is like, we put so much weight of responsibility sometimes on somebody else to be everything for us. Right. And, and part of that is also, you know, taking some of that weight off them. Like you are not the source of everything for me. Right. It's really hard to live up to that as a man. So I think that you naturally run away from that, the weight of that responsibility sometimes, you know? So, uh, I'm curious of your thoughts around that even because, um, you know, that, I think that that's a huge piece too, where it's like, they're trying to be all things for everyone and like, feel like they're failing miserably. Right. And I mean, my belief around that and is like, you're not designed to be the one that carries everything yourself, but to rise up into what you've been entrusted with and given. And I think like to have these amazing relationship in our life is a gift, you know, uh, but we're meant to not carry it alone. <laughs> Yeah, so I think um, uh, we were sharing this the other day that one man does the whole the work of a whole tribe. Mm -hmm. um, like, so we used to have the elders, we'd have the workers, we'd have the the farmers, the hunters, and like one person's going to do the work of the whole tribe. And and yeah. equally, there's a huge shift in cultural dynamics. Men used to spend time with men. They mm -hmm. spent time with men, modeling men, learning from men talking with men, sharing with men. They would go home and then they would spend small amount of time with their partners and their kids and then they'd go back out and hunt, farm. They'd spend all their days out on the farm. And that was the yeah. that was what happened to men for, you know, eons. And there's a huge shift. There's like, you know, I work in the same house as my partner all day. Mm -hmm. So 
what we often find, and this is what a lot of guys do, is that they they want to improve their relationship with their partner, but they're sharing with their partner the stuff that the partner often can't help them with. You know, even like learning about being ma- masculine and masculinity issues. Like, my partner doesn't want to hear me, my struggles around masculinity. She wants me to show up as a strong leader in our relationship, you know, to co-lead our relationship. And what we found is that guys didn't have a space to talk about the struggles and challenges with masculinity that was safe. And and that's why doing work with men in a group of men, talking about men's struggles and challenges is so powerful. And and it's not a, a sexist comment. I believe that there is a, a real... Is it? Yeah, like, that's why I loved I loved what you do, Christine. It's like having a strong woman to model to a man about how he can show up for a woman. It's a great co- conversation. Yes. Equally, I think a having a group of men and a good coach and a good uh, woman in his life to talk about his you know his his life and his is is such an important part. So a lot of men haven't got a group of men. No. And I, I, there's so much there. I want to double tap into what you said, because I think that's so important, what you said earlier. And my husband and I've had this conversation many times because, you know, we get into these things where we're like, you're my everything. You're my best friend. You're like my hairy girlfriend. You're, you know, you're like, like, or, or your wife is your, you know, you're the guy that you want to be hanging out with and you expect her to be your sports buddy and you're talk about all the things and, and your therapist and you want her to listen to everything. And I, I, I am going to high five on this because I, this is also the thing that I share with the men is like, and I've told my husband this, I'm like, go handle that somewhere else because I need you to show up up here for me I need the strength and yes you I'm, I'm gonna hold space I'm gonna love you while you're wrestling with this wrestling with yourself wrestling with God I'll always be a place you can come back to but there there is a dynamic there that we have to I believe we have to protect and hold and or if we want to maintain the polarity and the right roles inside of our relationship otherwise it can get really fuzzy really fast and the next thing we know I'm your therapist and I'm your mommy and I'm your babysitter and I'm your assistant and I'm everything except for your lover and so this is it goes for both of us right the men and the women that <clears throat> you know we need to have different places I agree like I think there's such power in women being around women and that's why we also have a sisterhood group and you know we have couples that come together and I'm a big fan also of being in multiple circles, like having my husband's part of a a guy's group and it's just, you know, they all get together and they do their guy stuff and then we get together as couples. And so I, it's not, you know, it's not linear. It's not one dimensional. It's multidimensional and multidimensional beings. But I think we need to really get to the place where we recognize the right roles that we play in each other's lives and the right support structures that we get to go to and not expect, like put all this weight on this one person to be everything that they can. I mean, the whole thing's going to break underneath, right? And so I love that you brought that up. Uh, I know it's definitely something the couples that I've worked with have struggled too. And it's, it's, it can be tough because I remember when I had that conversation with my husband and he's like, he kind of was sulking one time that he was like, I thought you, I, I thought you were my safe space. And I thought you, and I said, baby, I am, but just know this, that when I see you coming to me, struggling with all this stuff, like I immediately rise and become the structure and I become the strength and I become, and I can do that for a short pocket of time. But if that extends for a long time, like my sex drive drops, right? Like I start to close up because I have to be the structure. And so you're not going to get like the relaxed, happy, flowy, 
open woman that, you know, it's like, I don't flip a switch like that. It's like, which one do you want me to be right now? And I can, I can hold the space for all of it, but I think it takes emotional maturity to get to the place as a couple where we can have these conversations and recognize like, oh yeah, you know, likewise, I see a lot of women wanting to talk to their husbands about their body and their body issues and all their self-confidence issues. It's like, look, no man wants to sit here and talk about your bra fat or the fat that like, he doesn't care. Okay. He does not care. And he's terrified. He's going to say the wrong thing. And he doesn't like, he just loves you. So just, it's that whole thing too. The other thing you said that I think is important is yes to having communities of men, yes to having communities of women for women, but the tribal thing is also, and I do believe this is, we need to be surrounded with men and women of the opposite sex also who hold this really great energy and dynamic as well. You know, I remember um, when I was done with my toxic relationships and I was cycling through a lot of them and I was like, okay, God, I will be single forever unless like, I want the king. I want the man. And he was like, okay, well, baby, you better learn how to be a queen then because you have some humble work to do ahead of you. And I honestly believed that there was no such thing as like good, respectful men who actually didn't look at women as sex objects. Like I was, I was so used, that was my program and whatever you believe will present itself to you. So if you believe there's no good men or no good women guys, and they all are manipulative, controlling, you know, whatever guys believe about women, they're all gold diggers, whatever, or you believe the opposite, that will continue to present itself. But what I started to do is really like be open to looking for the men in my life, colleagues, business partners, brothers, you know, um, friends in a totally non-sexual profile or dynamic that were really just emotionally grounded respectful, honoring, and that could give me perspective, really good masculine perspective and show me what it was like to be held and respected and, you know, treated as a woman in a non-sexual, non-objectified context. Right. And so I think it's important, um, for us to have both, you know, like these circles where we go with our, with our stuff that we got to work out and also to have, these friendships, because I'm curious for you, but do you find that a lot of men are are scared of having relationships or uncomfortable having relationships with other women that are non-sexual? Because it's been so sexualized for so long that, you know, this is a sign of emotional maturity too. It's like, I can actually have great relationships with women or work and, and be exposed to another perspective that helps. And it's like that that dynamic that helps us each understand each other better. But yeah. I see a lot of men running from that. <laughs> yeah, well, do you know what? I think that they're, they're struggling with their own masculinity so much that that's the first bit of work they need to do. Yeah. Like, for, for me, like, a large part of my early 20s, were, um, sex was just a, a thing. It was like, you know, it, it wasn't a, a big part of my relationship life I just wanted to work and uh, I had a huge sex drive but it wasn't like a, an intimate loving act for me it was just something that we did as, as like if I if, when I had a partner when I had a wife yeah but it was uh it was more so in my in my 30s I realized that it was an expression of of like real depth but then but equally in in terms of like the the guys we work with the biggest struggle they have is 
it's not with uh, with around other women. I think it's more around other men. Mm. They struggle so much with mm. the way they see themselves in contrast mm -hmm. to other men. Mm. And talk to me more about that. It, it's uh, even today. I was I was. Um, you know, the, there was a guy, you know, on our group call today, we've got our, our breakthrough week on, which is where guys come and join yeah. and, and just experience what we do. And there's a guy, the guy worked for Microsoft, highly successful guy. He's a good looking man. He's well dressed. He comes on the thing on a suit. In the, and I was like, this guy's got his stuff. And he's so concerned about yeah. how he looks compared to other yeah. men and why women would choose him. Like she wouldn't possibly choose me. Mm. And, and I was like, wow, like so many men are struggling with that. But that's the, the, what they won't share yeah. behind closed doors. It's like, and that's what the, the safety of a men's group does. And actually David Data talked about, he's one of the famous men's coaches. And he talks, there's three reasons why a guy will join a men's group. The first one being support. They need like some sort of support. They get something going on in the marriage, in the fitness, yeah. in the business. Yeah. They just need some support. The second one is for, is for challenge. And guys actually seek challenge. They seek yeah. to be pushed. And like they'd have that yeah. in the sports team. Christine, you know that from your sports background. Yeah. <laughs> is that you have teammates that push you, that compete against you and push you and you know, call you out on your bullshit. And the, the final reason is just to be, to be mm -hmm. around the masculine. And actually, this is something I learned from Robert Glover um, when I started doing Mr. Nice Guy work, which was the masculine is just a source of love, to be. Yeah. And... And actually, what happens is, is that often men have got so used to turning to the feminine for love because they've not had these safe men in their life, like you're sharing there. They, they're not safe. Mm -hmm. They're not emotionally safe. So they've always turned to the, to the feminine for love. Yeah. And when they get in a, in a group of conscious men, when they are looking for love and, and actually to be held, they can be in the masculine. And that's something that was really yeah. alien to me. I'd never mm -hmm. experienced that. And I was like, mm -hmm. until I went on a men's retreat, I went on a men's retreat yeah. and I was like, oh my God, I felt really, I felt really loved and supported. And, and yeah. it was really, really powerful. And it meant that I did, wasn't so, like, so dependent on the women in my life for that. And I think that yeah. was a big thing. That's, that's, that's what's the big shift for me personally after discovering men's work. Um, yeah. I love that. And, you know, I would agree with that. Like, they think that love is outside of me. Love is through her, right? I can only experience it. I can only feel yeah. it Oops. in her presence. It's that mothering energy, that nurturing energy. I don't know how to be held even, even just by, by the planet, by the earth, like by nature. Like it's just, we always have to be distracted or something, right? Or you, or get it from an outside source instead of realizing like, yeah, it's a state of being and it's available to all of us women do that too though they always think that it has to be through a relationship so much of a woman's identity is tied to her relationship status right and i think really the the that first body of work for all of us humans humanity is to do the inner work of that first love affair with with our ourselves and with god and get to really know who we are inside and then and then start to go outward. Otherwise, we're always striving and seeking for that external thing. I want to go back, you know, and as we begin to wrap, I want to just reiterate a couple things that we said earlier because I didn't want to bypass this. But it's like, you know, that little boy energy is just that, you know, I wrote them down earlier while you were talking. And I think I want to circle back is just knowing that 
you know, that avoidance, that running away, the needing to be like, me, 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 do you see me? Like, let's talk about me, right? And it's that same insecurity that you just shared about that man. Like, and I mean this from a very loving place, but like showing up, it's like, am I, do they see me? Like, hey, mommy, daddy, do you see me? Am I a good boy? Like, am I, right? Am I loved? And it's being in that energy where we're just like needy and codependent and and all that stuff. So, and and you brought up the sex thing, which I'm glad you did because it comes up a lot. And it's like, if you, do you throw a temper tantrum when you don't have sex? You know, it's kind of like, I didn't get my pacifier. I didn't get the thing that I wanted. And so fine, I'm going to go sneak the ice cream from the fridge and hide it under the bed and do the porn thing or whatever. I'm going to get what I want anyways. And it's, it's a lot of that take energy too, that it's like the sex is for me instead of the sex is for us, is something that unites us and brings us closer together. And while it's a primal need, it's just really important, I think, for all of us, masculine and feminine, to take that little look within to go, what am I, you know, what meaning am I giving to this? And how am I showing up? You know, and am I coming to take? Am I coming and whining when I don't get my way? And and uh, am I tethered <laughs> to this woman as a source of my self-worth and likewise ladies are you tethered to your man as a source of self-worth like it's a this is an inside job right and uh and i love the fact that we're having this conversation around community and tribal culture because we are still very we're built that way we're designed that way hardwired and softwired you know not to be operating in these silos and really to get involved in community uh and and get the support, get the structure, get get in those conversations, right? And have multiple people in your life. I'm a big fan of, you know, like like I said, I don't know for you, but I work with most of my clients have multiple groups that they're part of or coaching communities and, you know, or they'll have a coach and a therapist. And it's not black or white, you know, we need each other for different things. And so knowing yourself and knowing where you're at, knowing what kind of support you need right now, um, I think it's huge, Right. And let's normalize more of this, more of community, more of like, you know, getting back into being a village that does things together instead of carrying the whole load. So I want to thank you for this conversation. I'm going to wrap by asking you one final question, and then I want you to share how people can get a hold of you. But if you only had one minute to talk to someone and you, what you were about to say would to radically transform their lives, if they implemented it, did it, took it to heart. What is the one thing that you would leave them with? Mm. Nothing outside of yourself can make you feel a certain way without your permission. And that 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 one line I learned from um, it was Viktor Frankl's book, and it was a load of yes. and that changed my life. Is that? Yes. But nothing outside myself can make me feel a certain way without my permission. And it's just a, it's a mindset that helps me bring full ownership back to my state every single day. And it, it's just changed my life. That, that was one of the biggest things that I, I did is I reclaimed my state in any given moment. And that was one of the tools that I used and just reminding myself that I could literally, it can help me change my state on a dime. And sometimes I give my state away to to someone by letting them letting them make me feel a certain way. I get pissed off about something, and then I just remember like I I can control my state. I can own my 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 decisions and my my um, 
attitude in any given moment. And yeah. since really embodying that, my life's changed enormously. I'm more happy. I'm happier. Um, I have a much better state, more present with my children. I don't react to things with my partner. And yeah, that, that was a game changer for me. Yes. By the way, that is a phenomenal book. Also a game-changing book for, for me, Viktor Frankl's The Man's Search for Meaning, right? It is just, if you have not read it, you must, must, must read this. Also, the movie that kind of goes with that is the, A Beautiful Life. Uh, did you watch the movie? No, I haven't seen A Beautiful <sighs> Life. Oh, I didn't realize A Beautiful was. Life or Life is Beautiful. I'm going to put the link below. It's in Italian, and then it has subtitles, and it's their story of being in the concentration camps. Y'all, if oh, you have not watched this movie or read this book, get your hands on it. It's a, it's so beautiful. Um, yeah. And what a beautiful reminder that it does not matter what circumstance we're in. We really do create our own version of reality and it's our experience is what we experience, right? And what we opt into at any moment in time. And I love what you said. It's, it's the simple stuff. It really is that simple. And it, we always want to make things way more complicated than they need to be. But really, the potent stuff really is simple, guys. So I want to thank you for being here. Ben, tell people how they can connect with you and follow the movement. Yeah. Um, I think the best way to connect with me is I've got, uh, we've got a, just a, re a recent audio series we've launched called uh, The Seven, uh, the Seven Series, Seven audio series seven sabotage <laughs> self-sabotage series <laughs> i can't even say it's all the s's yeah it's a, it's a seven part audio series on self-sabotage there we go um and it's called the inner enemy.com uh, we launched mm. it because uh, we noticed so many men were self-sabotaging and what we did is we put together a seven part series where we've just gone a mile deep it's so much value in that it's absolutely free it's amazing. And we just wanted to gift that to the world because it's something that I struggle with so much. Um, the, and I'm Coach Benjamin Owen on, on Instagram. And it's really easy to find me. Uh, we talk about the Awake Man on there as well. Equally, it's very, very parallel with the stuff that Christine does. And, and we've just interviewed her on our podcast as well. And she did a phenomenal job. It was a really beautiful interview. We'll have her on again in the future, I'm sure. Yes, likewise. I think this is like a juicy, delicious, amazing, powerful conversation that needs to be having. And more um, people getting involved in the conversation and more people like us that are leading couples, individuals, men, women through this, we're coming together to really, you know, support each other's communities. Because the more we do the work, this is how we create a ripple effect across the globe, right? And we cannot, we can't do it alone. I can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. We need each other too. So, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for the work that you and uh, your community is doing. And um, many blessings to you and all of the men inside the group and the Awakened Man. I look forward to getting to know you more and maybe doing something together in the future. You guys, until next time, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously. Make sure if this podcast resonated with you that you hit forward and send this to a friend right now. Send this to somebody who needs to hear this message to be part of this conversation because again we can't do it alone we show up we record these conversations we're pouring our hearts into the world and we need you to be that baton that continues to pass on the conversation so take a minute right now share this show with somebody and if you haven't left us a review yet i'd love to hear your reviews i read them all and uh, you guys can always connect with me as well on instagram at the christine jewel 
or apply to work with me using the links below. All right. Thank you for being here and we will catch you in the next show. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable heart shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.